Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Bliss Reed in the thrilling adventure, Murder for Sale. But Green Hornet strikes again. about dusk when Mike Axford, reporter on the Daily Sentinel, left the press room at police headquarters and stopped to speak to Sergeant Burke at the desk. Well, Sarge, since I'd be getting back to the Sentinel, sure, it's been a dull day around headquarters. Nothing at all in the way of news worth printing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Maybe we can arrange a couple of murders so you can take in a scoop next time you come in. <laughs> you better figure out how to solve them first. So you won't get a blasting on the editorial page like you did for the way you... I've been robbed. All my savings are gone. You've got to do something. Now, now, take it easy, young fella. You're an ex-serviceman, huh? Yes. My name's Mark Townley. Oh, I guess it's too late to do anything now. I never can tell. But it's a cinch we can't do anything for you unless we know what's happened. Now, what's that you were saying about being robbed? He took all the money I had, $500. I was a fool. Wait a minute now. Who took all your money? How did the guy you're talking about get his hands on it? Maybe he got chipped in a racket, Sarge. Sure. That's what it is, I guess, a racket. Tell me about it. Well, I... I've been wanting to buy a used car. This morning, I saw an ad in the Daily Sentinel. In the Daily Sentinel, you say? Yes. I have it here. Well, let me see it. Uh, for a quick sale. 1941 sedan. Excellent condition. Reasonable. No dealers. Phone local 2234 between 2 and 3 p.m. Well, I call that number. A man answered. He had a peculiar husky voice. I told him I'd seen the ad and was calling about the car. I'd be interested in making an appointment to see the car if you aren't asking too much for it. Frankly, the asking price will depend on whether I can make a cash deal, Mr. Uh... Uh, my name's Townley. I recently got out of the service and I have some cash. But, of course, if you're going to be... Well, I have $500 in the bank. I didn't intend to use it all of it. and bring you with me in case we make a deal. Where shall I come? It's the department. It's the corner of third floor. I'll be right out in front watching for you. I'll be wearing a gray top coat and a black slouch hat. All right. I'll be there a little after four. 
If the car's in as good condition as you say, I'm sure we can make a deal on it. So you went to meet the guy in front of the Richmond department? Yes, sir. I took my $500 with me. So what happened? Well, he was waiting. A big guy with a husky voice. Friendly sort of chap, too. He said he was sorry to disappoint me, but that someone else had called after I did who had the full amount in cash. So he sold Lamb the car. Sort of a dirty trick, though. But what about losing your money? Well, he insisted we go to a nearby bar for a drink. Just to show there was no hard feelings. So I went with him. We sat in the booth. He got two drinks after I drank mine. Well, I passed out. When I came to, he was gone, and so was my $500. Knockout drug. That dirty crook. Then you came right here? No. I went to the Richland apartment. I didn't know his name, but when I described him, the desk clerk said there was no one living there who answered that description. But what about the phone number in the ad? I called that number again and found out that it's a payphone in a large drugstore. Ah, I knew it was a racket. You've got to find that guy and get my dough back. It's all I have. We'll do all we can, son, but I can't make any promises. We haven't really much to go on. I'll get some of the boys on the case right away, and we'll hope for the best. A short time later, Axford was in the city room of the Daily Sentinel, talking to Britt Reed, young publisher of the Sentinel, and to Gunnigan, the city editor. It's a dirty shame that SGI was taken in like that and lost all his dough. You say the ad answer was in the Daily Sentinel? That it was, Reed. The Sentinel can't be blamed, Chief. Our classified section is always on the lookout for phony ads. But it ain't always easy to spot them. I know, Gunnigan. But from now on, we can keep a closer watch on individual car ads. Sarge already called the classified and told him to be on the lookout for a big guy with a husky voice in case he comes in to put in another one of them ads. Axford, uh, you might do a little investigating on your own. In what way, Reed? Why not go through all the car ads and phone those which advertise individual cars for sale? Sure, then if the husky voice guy answers, you can put Sarge wise. Uh, the cops are already doing that trick. But Sarge says he don't think the guy will be dumb enough to try to pull the racket twice in one day. <laughs> Seems as though the police are covering all the angles we can think of. They're pretty smart down there at headquarters, Reed. I know. Well, let's hope they get a lead to that racketeer before he does get a chance to see another XGI. All crooks make a slip sooner or later. And to my way of thinking, that racketeer will make a slip, too, that'll get the cops on his trail. Well, I hope so. The city's full of rackets directed at the return servicemen. The sooner we can weed him out and get him behind bars, the better. I'll be interested to know if the police do catch the man who robbed that soldier expert. Be sure to let me know if they turn up anything at headquarters. Okay, Reed. Meantime, we'll get out an editorial warning all ex-servicemen to be on the watch for rackets. And particularly that one, dealing in the sale of a used private automobile. Good idea, Chief. Something's got to be done to stop those vicious crooks once and for all. The following night, in a bar room along the waterfront... Two men sat in a booth far to the back. One was a large, heavy-set man. The other was thin and short. This time, Shorty, we played a different way. Did you have any trouble when you put the ad in the clearing? No, not a bit. Let's see, now, in the ad we said for him to call between 8 and 9 p.m., huh? That's right. A little after 9, so there won't be any more calls. Won't have to stick so close to the phone, will you? That first one sounded a little suspicious. I just told him he was too late that I'd sold the car already. Good. The best that I keep out of it, the might recognize my boys. You made an appointment with the last one, didn't you? Yeah. 
He's a guy who just got out of the army. Says he's got several hundred in cash and wants to see the car tonight. So much the better. You told him 10 o'clock in front of the River Street Garage? Yeah. Good. You can meet him, but make sure he's who he says he is and he's got the money. And bring him to the car. I'll be waiting in it. <laughs> we'll take him riding for a demonstration. <laughs> yeah. And the poor dope won't even have a streetcar for that to get back home. Hey, come on. <laughs> we got some business to attend to. <laughs> Taking easy money from the gullible XGI. <laughs> Let's get going. didn't intend to show my car tonight, but you seem to be so anxious. Oh, I, I didn't want to let someone else beat me to it. Now, if it's as good as you say it is, I'll want it. If we can come to terms. Suits me. Car's parked across the street. I suppose we take a little drive. And if you decide to take it, we'll go up to your place, if you like, and close the deal. Since you got the cash with you, you know. Oh, swell. I'm glad you suggested going to my place. I... <laughs> well, I was cagey about things. There's so much in the papers about rackets and all <laughs> My wife can witness the deal. Married, huh? Oh, sure. We'll use the car to take it to late honeymoon. Well, let's see the car. What do you say? Hey, oh, you sure are anxious. Come on, right across the street. Oh, is that it over there? Yep, that's it. Got to finish on it like new almost. Well, good tires, I hope. Hey, one condition, bud. Here we are. Who's that behind the wheel? Oh, that's a friend of mine. Get in. We're all right up front. Okay. Uh, hey, Marco. Meet the ex-soldier who was thinking of buying this car. Well, glad to know you. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Runs smooth, all right. Yeah. Well, you needn't drive too far out the river road. I'll take it all right. Now, you can turn left and head to my place on West End. Didn't turn left. I have to stop and turn around to get. We aren't stopping, soldier. Man, you heard him. We ain't stopping. Not for a while. Yeah. Well, I say you're stopping right now. Get away from that bridge. You might have wrecked it. I'll wreck you all right if you try any funny business. I'm beginning to get this now, and I don't like it. I'm getting out. Oh yeah. Well, you're Pretty not. much, shorty. Okay. Come on. Get out if you're gonna. I'm getting out. I'll remember you two guys. You can bet on that. Whatever your game was, okay, I didn't... Okay, shorty. Give it to him. Right. Uh, good thing I took it for this, buddy. signing some letters which Lenore Case, his secretary, had just placed on his desk. Ah, oh, there. Oh, there's the last one, Miss Case. I'll get them right out. All three of those letters are very important. <laughs> Good thing I have you around here to keep me after about things like that. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to be appreciated. Uh, see that it doesn't go to your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. By the way... Don't forget to dictate a letter to me. We just got some funny news. Oh, that man is in again. Ah, shut up, Casey. This is nothing to be funny about. What's happened, Axford? An ex-soldier who is still wearing his uniform was found this morning out on River Road, Reed. Oh, really? Aren't soldiers supposed to be seen on River Road? 
And it's not, why not? For the love of Pete, will you shut up? You get me all rattled. What I meant to say was they found his body. He'd been murdered. Murdered? Well, have they found out anything at all about it? Sure. The body was identified by a girl who said she was the soldier's wife. Widow, that is. Oh, poor thing. Oh, you can say that again. She was that broken up, even Sarge couldn't bear to look at her. About how long had he been dead? The report says he was dead about ten hours. That puts the killing around ten or eleven last night. I see. But Pat ate all by a long shot. Where did he hear the rest? His wife says he went out last night to see about buying a car. He carried $400 with him at the time. Axman? Axman, mean was one thing. Sure, I know. Racketeers again. Yes. And maybe the same that took in that other young XGI day before yesterday, Reed. Now, this soldier answered an ad in the Clarion. One that was offering the car for a quick cash sale. And the phone number they gave was a pay phone in a bar room. Well, it must be the same ones, then. Axford, if they can find that big man with a husky voice, I feel sure they'll find the killer. And he must be found before he manages to do more harm. <laughs> Continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. The day passed without any new developments in the case of the murdered G.I. It was after dusk when Britt left the Sentinel building and went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, was waiting. The two men discussed the case. Cato, there's no doubt that the same crooks are responsible for both the robbery and the murder. Both clever and reckless. Well, they wouldn't have attempted to use the second ad so soon after the first. The papers say police not get any clue to killers. That's right. Yeah, but there must be some way to get a lead on them. I've been trying all day to think of an angle that might do the trick. You don't think of anything, Mr. Brief? Nothing I'd be willing to count on. Maybe if we went out to the place where the soldier's body was found, we might turn up something. You go as Green Hornet? Yes, Cato. If we do find anything, we may have to act fast. Let's get going. Place is right along here, Cato. Bring your flashlight. Police already go over ground carefully, perhaps. I'm sure they did, Cato. But there might be some little thing that would give us a clue. Cockerman, maybe police. Let's get to the Black Beauty. Hurry. I'll drive. The lights from car shine now on Black Beauty. It's a police car, all right. Hurry, Mr. Brief. They recognize Hornet cars. Yes. Pull out the smoke screen throttle. I want to whiz them in a hurry. Yes, sir. Smoke pouring out now. Good. They can't follow us far through that. Too bad we not know police on River Road. Now we're not able to search scene of murder. But I did know the police were patrolling that road, Cato. Axford told me they were. Then why do you take chance of going there? Because I wanted them to see the Hornet at the murder scene. Why not understand, Cato? It'll give me a chance to get a story in the Sentinel about the Hornet without arousing anyone's curiosity. And I'm hoping the item about the Hornet in the paper... We'll start a chain of events that'll lead us to the killers of that soldier. Brett and 
Cato returned to the apartment and waited until they heard a radio newscast about the Green Hornet being sighted at the murder scene. Then Brett put through a phone call to Gunnigan at the Cessna. Gunnigan, I just heard about the Hornet over the radio. Yeah, Chief, the rear-eye desk is doing the story on it. In my opinion, Gunnigan, the Hornet may have been after those racketeers. And he could have gone to the scene of the crime because he knew they left some definite clue there. Oh, just that the Hornet seems to follow a definite pattern, Gunnigan, the way he works. If someone interferes with one of his rackets or double-crosses him, he gets after them and puts them out of circulation by leaving them for the police. Anyway, that's the way it seems to me. Yeah, yeah, come to think of it, you're right, Chief. We'll fix that story up with a bit of your ideas. Do as you think best, Gunnigan. And uh, if anything turns up, call me. Okay, Chief. Bye. Bye. Well, Cato, it may take a little time, but somehow I have a feeling we'll hear something more about those racketeers within the next 24 hours. Maybe then the Green Hornet can really go into action. Later that evening, Shorty entered the small hideout room where Marco was waiting. Hey, Marco. You hear about the radio newscast about the Hornet? Yeah. I've been thinking about it ever since. There's something about it in the paper, too. See? Let's see. Uh, I wonder. What are you talking about? Shorty, this story indicates that the Hornet is out to get us because we interfered with one of his raggage. It hints that the Hornet may have found a clue at the murder scene. That if he gets a chance, he'll lead the police to us. Hey. Don't sound too good, Marco. Maybe we can place what in the hornets you're in. How do you mean? If he's out to get us, we'd better get the jump on him. Yeah? I suppose you can think of a way, huh? Maybe I can. Go to the Sentinel. Put in another ad. Word it like the others. Tell people to phone between 9 and 10 tomorrow night. Give this phone number. The payphone in the hall. Give this phone number? You crazy? Yeah, it'll appear in the morning edition. We'll clear out first thing in the morning. The hunter will check on the location of the phone and come here. But uh, so will the police. <laughs> you get it? They'll think we're here only from 9 to 10. And they pick up the hornet, huh? Oh, say, Marco, you're smarter than I thought. <laughs> I'll get down to the Sentinel and put that ad in tonight. And tomorrow night, the Hornet's going to be in for a great big surprise. Hello? Hello, Reed. This is Axford. Yes, Axford. I'm just getting ready for bed. Why, it's almost midnight. What's the idea of calling... Really? Have they notified the police? Sure. The cops checked on the phone number in the ad. It's a payphone in a cheap room and house at 22 Water Street. What are they going to do about it? Well, the ad says to phone between 9 and 10 tomorrow night. It's supposed to go in the modern edition. Sarge says that it's supposed to go in the modern edition. Sarge says that the crooks probably won't be there till then to take the car. So he's going to surround the place tomorrow night with cops and drive them. I see. Well, I hope they succeed. Hey, well, don't worry. Them cats 
thanks for calling, Axford. Don't mention it, Reed. See you later. So long. Goodbye. Cato. Yes, Mr. Briggs? Come in a minute. You get news on telephone for Hutt? Yes. The racketeers put in another ad. But I'm sure it's a definite come on for the Hornet. What you do? They expect the Hornet to run into a police trap tomorrow night. We'll disappoint them. We'll go out tonight. Let's go. There, number 22, Aunt There's dim light in hallway. Yes, the cheap rooming house. Probably a lot of underworld characters living there. Well, how we find men we look for? It's possible, of course. They don't live here, but we'll find out. You go in that hall and get the number of the payphone. Then go to the corner drugstore and call that number. Yes, sir. I'll move the Black Beauty into the shadows down there and wait. Now, listen. I'll tell you just what you're to say when someone answers that. Sure, why not go in? Hello? I want to talk to a man who lives there. He's a big man with husky voice. Nobody like that lives here, buddy. Who are you? My friend called to tip him off. Police come to look there for him tonight. Oh, sorry I get wrong number, perhaps. Bye. Hey, wait a minute. Oh. Who do they want, Julia? Listen, Marco. Some guy asked for a big guy with a husky voice. There's a cops are coming here tonight to look for him. Big guy with a husky... Say... I don't know who called, but he means you. We gotta scram out of here while we got a chance. We're leaving here right now. sat in the black beauty and waited in the shadows. They could see the entrance to the rooming house from the car. Soon, their patience was rewarded. Look, Mr. Britt. Two men come from front door of rooming house. One short of a pig. They carry suitcases. I think they're the men we want, Cato. We'll let them get to the car. And they go to car parked beyond rooming house. Now they go toward River Road. Follow them and hurry. These dangerous killers, Mr. Britt. They use guns for huts when they know they're being followed. Speed up and pass them, Cato. Yes, sir. If we try to crowd them off the road, they shoot. We won't try that. I have another plan. Pass them. You can stop ahead of ways. By the time the smoke clears away, we'll be right beside their car. Your voice is husky. 
I'm convinced you're the killer we want. Sure, you pull a fast one now, Hornet. You won't get away with it. <laughs> Heavy hitter eight will try this. Hey, wait, I had enough. Take a bit of gas, big boy. This little man tough, but he's not tough enough. You double cross and funny dog and scuffed out. trick, I think. Uh, good work. Now we'll put them in our car. I'll drive the Black Beauty. You drive them. What we do with them? Park them right in front of police headquarters. Then you can phone and tell the police where they are. Let's get busy. Later in Reed's apartment... And believe it or not, Reed, there they were lying in their own car right in front of cops' headquarters. Dodge was fit to be tried. Well, how'd they get there, Mr. Axworth? Huh. How else but with the help of that green harness who double-crossed him, we found a steel stuck on their dashboard. Are the police positive they're the racketeers who killed that soldier? Sure. The other ex-GI they robbed identified the big guy. When the cops put the heat on him, he squealed on the short guy who shot the soldier. Of course, they'd both go up for murder. Well, I for one am glad they're caught. The police will be glad, too, to have the case cleared up. Oh, they're glad, all right. But that's a little thought the harness beat them to it. Funny how that hornet got to him like he did. The big guy says he planned to trap the hornet. <laughs> to my way of thinking, one rat trying to catch another always ends in double cross. <laughs> the racketeers won't have any more car for sale ads in the papers thanks to the hornet. Well, car for sale ad turned into murder for sale ad for soldier who last answered it. Yes, that's true. The other kid will get his dough back anyhow, and the soldier's wife too. We know that is. Golly, I'll bet the Hornet will be sorry he didn't open that suitcase and get that door. Probably all the Hornet's thinking about right now is getting a good night's sleep. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of, too. Oh, good night. <laughs> He's the sleepiest guy I ever met. But Reed needs is more exercise. Believe me, Cato, he'd never be a match for the Hornet. Well, he never tried to wrestle Hornet, I hope. Will Mr. Reed end up like pretzel, perhaps? <laughs> you said it. created by George W. Trentle are a copyrighted feature of The Green Hornet, Incorporated. All characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious.